Welcome to Deacon's Pod. I'm Deacon Dennis. Say hello to my co-conspirator, Deacon Tom Casey. Deacon well, hello, Tom. Dennis. Yeah. This week, we will not be having a guest with us. Instead, Deacon Tom and I will be sharing some thoughts on Lent and how we are observing the season this year. How are you this fine day? Oh, it is a pretty fine day, actually. It's nice. Yeah, no, it's good to see you, Tom. It's been a while. I mean, we yes. live so close, and I, oh. I ain't seen hide in a hair of you in I don't know how long. <laughs> uh, you know, I don't have a lot of the things that I'm doing on the calendar. It, it, it's life's events that is taking a lot of our time now for both my mm-hmm. wife and I. So taking care of elder care for her folks. And we're going through all those complaints and issues that I think many of our listeners here, too, you know. They don't want to go into the nursing home. They need they need attention. So yeah, um, yeah. Well, God bless you. Life on life's terms, as they say in the twelve step yeah. programs. Yep, and That's you right. are you know you play the cards as they get dealt. And I know you've been trying to take care of these people for a long time. And you know, God bless you. You got a lot of time in there, and that's not easy. So. But I'm sure a lot of our listeners can relate to that. I believe that's true because, you know, as you go through parish life, this is what we hear a lot of. And when we actually see our parishioners who used to be coming as long as we've been there, they come every day. And uh, and then all of a sudden they slow down. They don't come to daily mass. It's just Sunday mass. And then they're at home. You know, I think I'll put my brother in that category who a faithful disciple that he is all his life. Uh, He's 88 years old now. And... uh, Sits at home and has his readings. He reads every day. God bless him. And what's he reading? My daily bread. That little. Oh, okay. Book. He's doing devotional reading. Oh, okay. Devotional, Good. yeah. And uh, he's been doing that forever. Uh, you know, it's important. You know, if we don't drop dead, we're going to be somewhere, and we may not even be able to read. So you should start. My thought is always: I'm packing my toolkit now. That's right. I'm not even counting on reading. I mean, I'm hopefully that won't happen. But I mean, I just think that there's, you know, a time in your life where you're going to end up somewhere and all, you know, you're not going to become spiritual if you weren't before. And you should have your toolbox ready. You should have some go-to things that you can, you know, you can do. And, uh, you know, reading may not even be involved, which will kill me because spiritual reading is one of my main I know things. And so. I've got the the eye issues. And, yeah, you do. Uh, it, yeah, I'm yeah. talking to you. That's yeah, right. We picked so, up on that. <laughs> I don't want people you. to confuse us with a medical show, but yeah, but, well. um, but thank God for podcast and the YouTube. A lot of good stuff on videos. You know, I've been fascinated with the contemplative prayer that's on YouTube with Thomas oh, Keene yeah. and Lawrence Friedman and Martin Laird. Um, mm-hmm. They're all on. They're all on there. I, yep. Plus a ton more. It's like uh, Genesis. Uh, I put before you life and death. There's good stuff uh, on there. And there's well, that's the thing. People job. always talk about how bad the, the social media is. Well, that all depends. You know, you don't have to look at porn. No one's making you. You know, you don't have to spend all your time on crazy stuff. There's a lot of good stuff there. You're right. There's a ton. I would have killed 40 years ago to be exactly. able to sit down and like, Oh, Richard Rohr. Here's an hour with Richard Rohr on this or that. Or here's, you know, oh, we're going to, you're going to actually listen to Keating. I remember, you know, it cost you like those tapes are showing for free on YouTube from the 70s because Tom Keating has gone to his reward, which I'm sure is great. Did great work with uh, contemplative outreach. You know, he's a Trappist, as you know. And those tapes that were made in the 70s that are now just showing for free, that was the leadership training. I mean, they get into the weeds on what meditation does to your brain and how it affects us. I mean, it's like, no, we're training you to give these workshops and teach other people. 
And it was like, that was hundreds of dollars. I remember, like, you have to, had to go somewhere and this and that and spend money. And I remember when it first came out, and I just wasn't in a position to do it. Now I'm just looking at them for free at the touch of a button. And, I mean, I'm right, right there right. with you. So it's I, great. Uh, you know, I put a blog out every week for the weekly readings, you know, three, 400 words. And I started a while ago to put the little recommendations for both the reading and a video or a, a YouTube because people don't know how to find this stuff if they're not searching, you know, they're not, my, my parish, they're, they're not very tech savvy. It's not just tech. Uh, people don't know what to ask for. You know, you say, you know, this from the prison, Tom, you say to the inmates and the parishioners are the same in this regard. So, uh, you know, it's Lent. They say, yeah, we should do some, you know, programs, some formation programs, classes, something. What would you like? Bible study. No, we got a Bible study. Yeah, yeah. It runs every week. You're right. We got a couple of Bible studies. They don't know what to ask right. for. They don't know what's on the menu. They don't yeah. know. They haven't yeah. seen the menu. So the idea that someone's going to think of contemplative prayer, Thomas Keating. And of course, the other thing is, I remember for years when YouTube first started, a lot of times people would say, you know, you had to fix something or whatever, or you didn't, how does this piece of electronics work? And they'd say, oh, go to YouTube. YouTube has everything. And you go to YouTube and you wouldn't find it. A lot of times be like, yeah, well, they ain't got this. Not that I can find. But now that's not true. I've had to relearn that. Now it's like, oh my God, I can find the most obscure (laughs) thing I own at this point. Everybody's got a YouTube. Well, here's how you take it apart, put it together. Here's how you fix this, whatever it is. So, but the idea that contemplative prayer, for example, would be on YouTube, you just how would you think that? And who would yeah. you look up if you don't know, if you haven't read the books and you don't know who you're looking for? Yeah. So yeah, good for you yeah. for doing that for people. Yeah, it's, it's you know, you got to put the effort in and right. I've been doing for 10 years. You know, they got to know where to go. I mean, you know, yeah. then if they don't put the effort in, well, that's on them. Good luck. Good luck to you on Judgment Day. You know what I mean? But you can't blame people for what they have no idea is even available or whatever. So No, but aren't you interested in seeing how many, if you Put in third Sunday of Lent, how many pages will come up telling you homilies and videos and stuff. So, I mean, there, there's a lot of resources out there. Um, yeah, for that. Uh, but like you were specifically talking about like Keating yes. and contemplative yeah. prayer and that stuff, they wouldn't know yeah. to look for that. Yeah. They're, they might but, not even uh, know what contemplative prayer is because we've done such a good job with that. You know, we, <laughs> well, the thing that could keep you going in the nursing home, you know, I mean, that, you know, hey, right. you don't need any equipment. You could sit in your chair and do this and, yeah, no. I, that's for monks. That's for mystics. That's, oh, that's not for me. Yes, correct. it is. Yes, it well, is. I happen to see the lady. I think I mentioned her in the past, but she was part of the prayer group and something happened in her life medically and she couldn't come for a while. And then I saw her maybe a month ago and she was saying how she was having a hard time after her medical condition and that she couldn't pray. And I said, well, have you ever tried to just sit and, and be, have your prayer just sitting in silence? And she said, I've never tried that. So I kind of suggested to her, well, I saw her this morning. We, got, we finished up our Lenten mission this morning. And, and she said she's been doing it. And she finds that she gets great comfort from just sitting down, doing nothing because of everything that's going on in her life, which I assume brought her to that situation where she needed to do some quiet time. And it, she was thankful this morning. It's, it's nice when you hear back from people when you kind of give them something to try as a spiritual exercise. And they can yeah. say, thank you. It's, it's something hey, right yeah, for me. That was great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's nice. Keeps you going. Yeah. And again, it's so simple to do, to teach someone that, to say, take, you take, you know, you just take a prayer word and whatever it is, Abba, Jesus, Maranatha, pick yeah. a word, 
you know, the meaning doesn't matter that much. One word and then just sit and just, you sit, close your eyes, sit up straight, you know, and then you just stick with that word. You do 25 minutes. And whenever you start thinking about something else, that's fine. You turn back to God. God is very pleased. Oh, all I did was turn, I turned away, I got distracted and I turned back 10,000 times. And I remember Keating saying to someone who said that, wow, you turn back to God 10,000 times in an hour. You're God's favorite. <laughs> oh, what what better could there be yeah, than that? Yeah. And the thing is that this is not for you to figure out or get something out of it because this is when God works on you. You know, it's kind of, someone said, I don't remember who it was, but someone had the analogy of, I don't know, might have been John of the Cross. Could have been, I don't know. But anyways, you know, of like, well, you know, there's a point where God has to knock you out to work on you like a surgeon. And if you were awake, you'd be trying to do the surgery yourself, like the guy That's in a right. commercial with the butter knife. That, that, he's oh, yeah. on the phone with he's his on the phone. Shouldn't you be doing this? You know, oh, <laughs> simple, just, you know. And so anyways, you know, the God works, the, the contemplative thing, God does the work. And you see the fruits, not in the meditation necessarily, but you see it in your life, the peace and the clarity and the simplicity and it's just, it's so easy to do. That's the whole instructions. I mean, people read all these books. That's it. I could put it on a postcard. Well, Here's what you actually yeah. have to do. And You're going to try uh, to complicate it. Please resist right. that. And I'm certainly guilty of that. Yeah, where it's, uh, like you said, the idea that we do nothing is contrary to really how we conduct our lives. We have to be engaged. We have, well, some people more than others, but that whole idea of maintaining or controlling the process like no it's not working for me i've got it what do i have to do to make this work better and it's just it's sitting there and just breathing and knowing of god's love and his working actively and actively present within us which is that whole message has been squashed throughout history i think except for almost like a gnosticism right for these people who understand that there is a way to be connected with god and it's almost like a secret we haven't unpacked this for uh, for people who participate Sundays and you go to church. It's not part yep. of our homiletics. Yep. yep. And then, of course, you offer something. I just offered a, a formation program in contemplative prayer a couple nights. And, you know, the same people come to everything in the parish, you know, the people that... So true. You know, it's just like, yeah, okay, which is fine if that's the way it's going to be. You know, they showed up, they get the goodies, there you go. They got something yeah. to work with. But it works for us, you know, so you try to share it with people wherever you can. It is an uphill yeah, battle. Yeah, yeah. yeah. it's uh, the whole uh, gospel stories of the seed. You know, you throw it on the ground. It, uh, yep. it yep. somebody else comes along and waters, and somebody harvests. It's uh, it's God's work, and we're just uh, the messengers are there. That's right. The we're in sales. We're not in management. <laughs> not my problem. You got yeah. the pitch. I'm done. So, so what else have you been up to? Well, I had fun this morning. Days. This morning, I got my fingerprints done. Really? Yeah. Are you? Yep. Am I going to see you in the post office? No, 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 I'm in the clear. They got nothing on me. But this is for the safe environment thing for the kids, yeah, for the yeah. you know the sexual scandal. So for the listeners that don't know, anybody who has anything to do with the Catholic Church, you volunteer to teach CCD. Doesn't matter. You get fingerprinted. They run a background check on you. They you have to be educated in what to look out for in your environment. For your, you know, we're all kind of yeah. watching each other like this. You know things about how pedophiles groom people and inappropriate behaviors and what yeah. are the signs and what are your reporting responsibilities. So, you know, we really do a good job. People don't know that. We're going to, we'll never get any credit for it. 
You know, it's like, I mean, the Boy Scouts, the YMCA, they can't root out their pedophiles either. But well, anyway, we are nature. doing it, and I did mine today. You got to do it every five years, yes. and that's what I spent my morning yeah. doing. Well, that's good. I, yeah. I've had my fingerprints taken so many times with the military and working for the Treasury Department and having my license as a financial planner. I've, they're on file all over the place. That's you right. Know, they go to take my fingerprints now, and they... And it's an effort because I don't leave fingerprints. <laughs> now, thinking back to my prison days, I'm thinking, yeah. is that a good thing? <laughs> yeah, well, I think they change what, as you get older is my understanding. That's why they have to keep redoing them. They're like there's slight out. changes. <laughs> yeah, they had it. It took a while for them to get mine, too. Ah, that's what I did this morning. So I guess uh, should, well, when they run that background check, I'll be okay to continue to Very do ministry good. for the people God. of God. So today, Tom, you and I are going to talk about Lent. Lent? Lent. We just, wait a minute. I haven't put my Christmas ornaments away. <laughs> well, that's a you problem. That's another story. <laughs> so without further ado, here we go. So, yes, it's that time of year where, where we uh, put our mindset into uh what we can do to draw closer to the Lord, to be with him on his desert journey of 40 days, how to come closer to experience the presence of God in our life. And we do it through our traditional pillars of the church for prayer, fasting, and abstinence. And uh, I'll start where we already started. Almsgiving. Almsgiving. Oh, are they going to recognize that? No, abstinence. You know, we fast, fast and abstinence, but you left out almsgiving. Uh, the charity part. Open the, the checkbook. Check. There's plenty of people suffering. Write uh, a check, quit yeah. being cheap. Check, and you know, you, you know? Can pull out your credit card. You, you can, I think I That's saw right. Catholic Relief Service had a commercial go. the other day, and they had the code on the TV where you just take oh, the, the Q code, the, Q, the QR, QR code. code. And so it was too fast for me, but I'm a, a long Well, you do have member. a pause button on your remote, you know. Yeah, but it, it's a new excuse. I'll give yeah. you that. I didn't donate because the commercial. <laughs> the commercial was too you, fast. Tom. I think you're breaking Real. new ground there, but I don't think it's going to hold we up. We know that. Yeah, that would be delusional <laughs> to think that it would be a fast commercial. A quick commercial. <laughs> well, when you look at the Super Bowl, six, seven million dollars for thirty seconds, you do. You know, advertising time is prime. But uh, yeah, so our three pillars of Lent: the prayer, uh, fasting, and almsgiving. And uh, so we need to do all three to connect our mind, our heart, our in our bodies to what's going on in our world. You know, our good Lord told us that we love God and we love our neighbor. How do we do that if we don't pony up and put some money on the table? Like, Correct. You, know, you got time, you got money. Yeah. Get your calendar, get your checkbook. The rest is you kidding yourself. Correct. That's it. That's yeah, it. I saw what are you doing? You I can saw. find out. It's not an unknowable thing. It's That's easy. Right. We can all look at it. And we all, I think the news media now is just putting before our eyes daily. I mean, I'm almost afraid that it desensitizes us. But I saw a video, I don't know, years ago. I think I was down here in Florida, so 10 years. And I remember it was aid workers in, in Africa. And so whatever the storyline that presented this on the media, it showed a line of people, a long line of people. And in the line, they're all kids, adults, elderly and there were three stations. There were three people with these 50-gallon pots putting food out. And you could see all of a sudden the guy on the right, his food runs out and he keeps going. So there's two others serving food. Then the, there was a woman on the left. Her food runs out and they walk away with these big pots. 
And there's a man in the middle, and he's still putting out food. But you see him, you know how they start to tip the pot? You know, we're coming down to the bottom of the pot. And so he goes, and there's a couple more people go and go. And all of a sudden, into the picture comes this little boy. He didn't, he wasn't as high as the table. So that's like 48 inches or so, 40 inches. And he's got these sticks for arms. And he just reaches his bowl up as the aid worker just looks down and reaches, the aid worker looks over the table and shakes his head. And this little boy just walks away. And you recognize that, you know, at, uh, I'm a firm believer. I, I don't think anybody could dispute this. We've never had a conversation saying that there's not enough food in the world. What we... Oh, no, plenty uh, of food. Economists will tell you it's the distribution. And if you yeah. have the money, so we have to... If this doesn't move your heart, you know, last week's gospel, Jesus the leper, you know, moved with pity, the gospel said. Moved with pity, right? Well, that's what the word moved... And that pity has to put you into a situation. Well, what am I called to do in this situation? And it's sad. I, it's sad that, that it relies on money. But, you know, I've had people ask me, hey, Deacon, they want to take in God we trust off money. Well, you know, if you want to really put God's trust in the money, give it to somebody who's starving to death. You know, you help go. somebody. Make, you know, make money holy by putting it in the hands of those who can help others. And we can still live a good life. You know, we don't have to be the widow and give away right. our last two right. I don't need. I don't need everything I want. Correct. You got to put the poor in your budget. See, these are the things that, you know, we don't do. And we need to say to people is, look, first thing is what I just said. You put the poor in the budget. You don't spend more than you have, everything you got, and then you go, well, I don't have any money. You look at it when you're looking at your budget and you say, how much am I going to give? Not I'll throw a quarter once in a while if someone sticks something in front of me or whatever. But no, I'm going to do, I'm going to make this a plan. And I'm going to get how much, whatever you can afford to give, how much. But it's a definite thing you're going to do. And then you do it. Yeah. You know, you set it up. You have a monthly donation, which you can put on your credit card, taken yeah. out to, to some missionary group or whatever. I mean, it doesn't have to be Catholic. It can be anything. But um. Oh, money, and then you, or you sponsor a family. Yeah, you know, yeah. I sponsor a family in India, for example, and uh, you know, it's not—it's a couple hundred dollars a year. Like, yeah, yeah. It's like I think it's like two fifty. I want to say for the basics, and it's like it's medicine, it's food for these people. It's you know, yeah. and it's run, you know. But anyway, so you could do stuff like that. The other thing, back to what you're saying about Catholic charities, is. You need to vet who you're going to send the money to because it's always a thing like, well, who is this group? What am I going to do? I, you know, you do your research because online they will rate various agencies. Yeah. You know, and you look at some of them, there's a lot of overhead. Yeah. Even some yeah. big named yeah. ones that people think will be the first ones that have a good reputation. And you look at it and you go, how much is their CEO making? I mean, yeah, how many millions yeah. of dollars? No. Whereas you look at Catholic charities, which is for inside the United States, like, if, you know, for the flooding victims or whatever, or you look at Catholic Relief Services, which is the external, the yeah. foreign stuff, and it's like 96%. I mean, they like four cents on a dollar they Correct. use to run the thing. Yeah. Well, you're not going to get any better than, or, you know, 90-something percent. You got to pay money to make the thing work. So you know where that's going. Well, the thing is, you know where it is. You know how to find it. And when you're watching these horror stories on the news, you pick up your phone. Yeah, yeah. And you send money. I yeah. mean, even, you know, you send 100 bucks. You send, you know, to the disaster victims. You send 10 bucks, whatever. I mean, you yeah. know, just do something. 
Just don't do nothing. You're correct. No, you know? yeah, that's the one thing that's, that's not an But you've got to have it set up, yeah. is my point. It's like, well, it's like Lent. One of the reasons I like Lent is because it's in the calendar. I, if, you don't, if I don't put stuff in my calendar, it becomes a wish, not a plan. But Lent is going to come up. It's going to be Ash Wednesday. And I got to say, okay, what am I doing? At least once a year. Yeah. That's a good thing. And in the same way, if I have it in my budget, Especially if I have the automatic credit yeah. card deduction, yeah. that's good for a you know a nimwit like me who doesn't know what he had for breakfast. Or if you know when you're watching these horror stories that are just going, oh my God, isn't that awful? Hey, honey, what's for dinner? You know, and it's yeah. gone. Yeah, yeah. You take action, and you know you already know. Okay, I'm going to go to CRS. I'm going to send them ten bucks. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Just do something. Well, see, that's the beauty. But you got to be it's, ready um, to do it. We have to overcome the idea that these problems are so huge, which they are. They're huge problems that we're facing today. But this sense of feeling that I can't do anything, it does matter. It does matter what we do. Because again, if there was another 10 bucks given to that, whoever those volunteers were dishing out that food to Africa, that little boy would have eaten that day. You know, yeah. it, uh, well, there's a difference. I think we confuse two things. I can't fix this is true. I can't make hunger go away, for example. But I can do something about it. I can do what I can do. And that makes a difference for who's ever on the receiving end. Correct. You know, this all or nothing, either I got to have a magic wand and take away everything that's wrong with the world or there's no point. Well, that's crazy. You wouldn't be able to live your life if you really believed that. Well, I think it, you know, it's a denial of this whole central belief system that we have is the mystical body of Christ. We are connected, you know. There will become a time when we're going to find these people. We're going to be with these people who we didn't feed. So if we take our food, I never thought of that. Yeah, we'll meet them in, in, in the kingdom. We'll be sitting there and yeah. they'll be going, hey. I remember. I'm Ahmed. You, yeah, yeah. You, you know, I got, a, I got to eat one day because of you. I, oh, think, yeah. I think that's or the normal. awkward version of that. <laughs> and that's going to be eternal. Yeah. It's going to be, oh, I can't look at this guy. Oh, there's that guy, Ahmed, again. <laughs> you know, this is going to be forever. I got to go. Well, that, well, you know, we don't break open that uh, mystical body. I mean, Paul, that was Paul's conversion point, right? When Paul is on the road to Damascus, why are you persecuting me? Oh, wait a minute. I'm not persecuting. I'm going after those nutcases up in Damascus. No, hey, that was, I think, instrumental in Paul's life is making a transition from them to the, the greater picture. So what are you doing for Lent? I tried something new this year because of my connection to the soup kitchen in the past, the idea for getting involved in some long-term fasting. So I'm trying to do once a week at least fast for 40 hours. That's an interesting little trip because I'm not used to that going that long. But uh, you know what they say is the longer you go without food, the less the hunger pains are. And there's some truth to that, you know? I wanted my snacks at the eight o'clock, nine o'clock at night. The first night, I mm, was growling, mm -hmm. you know. I woke up the next morning not hungry and was able to make it to dinner. Made the, made that. So, again, for I, I just feel in simpatico with so many of these people who have no food, and I feel so guilty. One of the things to, for that too is that inadvertently we throw away food, and come the collection day, we go to the refrigerator and clean it out. And I, I just want to stop that. So I'm trying to get more into the habit of. Whatever is left in there, and it might not be the most appealing thing when you put the kind of foods that are left in there. But throwing out less is also something. I and of course, you give the money you would have spent Correct. on the meals you didn't eat. Even more importantly, because right. you know, fasting raises your awareness. It's a good spiritual discipline for you, but it doesn't really help anybody 
no, other than no, you. No, so right. the tradition in Christianity, a lot of people don't know, is, uh, you know, the way it worked. All right, here's the way it worked. When Back in the days, say in the early church, there was no refrigeration, there was no canning, there was nothing, okay? You went to work for the day. You were a day, everybody was a day worker, basically, unless you were rich. You were, the average person was a day worker, and you went in and you, you went to the landowner and you did the work, and at the end of the day, he paid you. On right. the way back into the village, you stopped and bought, hopefully, enough food for that night. That's it. So now, if you're a widow and you don't have a man who can do a day's work mm. or an orphan who doesn't have a father, you got a problem. So what the Christians would do is they would do the work, they would not eat, and they would give the money to the widow for, to feed yeah. the orphans. Yeah. But so there was very much tied to, I'm not eating so that you can eat. Now, we don't necessarily have that one-on-one -on -one thing, but again, part of it is donating the money that you would have spent on a meal, or even just, you know, you say, hey, I'm not going out. The number of people that go out is, I mean, the number oh, of restaurants, yeah. it's just unbelievable. It's like, how are these in business? Well, a lot of people are going out all the time. Well, you know, that's something you could do for along the lines of what you're talking about is just say, you know what? I'm going to have some grilled cheese sandwich and some tomato soup <laughs> and the 50 bucks I was going to spend. Yeah. And I'm talking McDonald's these days. Yeah, that's true. You know, you know that's, that can go a long way, especially if you send it out of the country. Oh, yep. you know, 50 bucks in another country. Well, that's is, right. It's a fortune. When you think you of know. supporting a family for $250, yeah. Well, yeah, that's they, for a year. That's for a year. So, I mean, they're on yeah. the Eat Dirt and Die program, and you keep them going. I was glad to get Operation Rice Bowl into the parish, and I got those out there the Sunday before Ash Wednesday. Well, and, you should tell uh, people what that is. Operation Rice Bowl. Yeah, again, that's Catholic Relief Services that, I don't know, that's a long-running Catholic charity. Then they said it's a low operating cost way to get your most bang for your buck. And they feed people around the world. I got my first Operation Rice Bowl, I think, in second grade, St. Joseph's Grammar School in Bridgeport in the early 50s. The nuns gave them out, and it's been part of our life ever since. So when I got over to St. Joan of Arc, it wasn't being used. So I got it in, and last year there was some confusion because we ended up going away again during Lent, so I didn't get the attention. But this year, I made it to every Mass, held it up, gave a presentation, told a little story like, this is what we do. Here's how you can do this. So people were pretty receptive this year. Well, good for I'm you because, that. you know, that strikes me as that's exactly why they ordain deacons. <laughs> yeah. You know, everybody's business is nobody's business. That's, yeah. We're supposed to be looking out for the poor. We're supposed to be bringing it to the attention of the other baptized. You know, people think, well, you're ordained. You go to the soup kitchen. You go to prison. No, I go there because I'm baptized. That's right. That <laughs> My ordination is to coordinate this and equip you to do the same thing. My ordination is not, oh, you do all the work. Yeah. That's the work of the baptized. Mine is to kind of be the coach of service. That's right. And mostly to do what you did, Tom, yeah. to make sure it's happening, yeah. to say, well, who's being left out, right? These are the diaconal questions. Who's not here? Who's being left out? And, you know, oh, no one's worried about the elderly around here. Yeah. No one's taking care of the inmates or no one's, whatever it is. And then we, we are the ones that are called to be prophetic in bringing that to the attention of people, because it is prophetic, because a lot of people say, hey, listen, I don't want to hear about your politics. 
That's correct. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> wow, talk about I, not doing your job. No, these are Jesus. If they're yeah, politics, that's they're right. Jesus politics. You <laughs> might want to talk to him. I'm, you know, this is not. Nancy Pelosi did not send me here today. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but, good but for it, you, I, Tom. But that's really no. That's exactly. But exactly you, you know, what, if you go on your website too, what I what we've done this in the past for Christmas is the expression "feed a person today" or how does that go? A person a fish. Yeah, you know, give, a fish? Give, give a person a fish and you feed it for a day. Teach a person how to fish and you feed it for a lifetime. So, boy, you can tell it's been a long time here. <laughs> So it's that memory chip has been used. So if you go to Catholic Relief Services or places like World Vision, and there's other people who do this, but you can give, they have a whole basket of animals you can give. You know, so you can turn around and we're going to give a cow this year. Now, my friends go out and they buy a quarter cow every year and they eat it, which of course is maybe a good way to save some money and to feed your family. But there's also a way that you can go into Catholic Relief Services and give ducks, geese, cow, sheep, and they'll Rabbits, give this goat. Yeah, yeah, and obviously it costs more to give a cow than yeah. it does to give a goat or an even you know a couple of chickens. But that's protein versus no protein for those kids. Well, that's, that's money. That's right. They sell the eggs and or the milk or whatever, yeah. and that's money they make to send the kids to school. I mean, this has a knock-on ripple effect that goes way beyond that. You know. The whole systemic, it, it, it approaches the systemic injustice that we see. And how do we change? Yeah, well, it's, we, social, yeah. it's social justice, Correct. not just charity. Charity is giving the guy the fish. Yeah. Social justice is changing the structure. Okay, so you're ignorant. You don't know how to do this. I'm going to show you how to fish. Now you are no longer part of an unjust structure. You can take care of your family. Yeah, it's not good to be part of the unjust structures. And that's, I think, that has a Lenten theme there, the whole idea of, of sin is why we have this Lenten experience for a change of hearts. So what else am I doing? I, you know, like you, it's reading. That's, that's the normal part. But I was able to attend our Lenten mission given by Father John, from a Franciscan from down in Tampa. And he led us nicely on a, a journey for God's mercy and forgiveness. And actually today we had a, a healing, anointing rather, part of the the three days. And it was very good. Well attended for the morning we had. Uh, again, like you said, the original suspects, the people who come to pretty much everything. So it's a good journey. There's other things I'm trying to do just with that theme of metanoia and making changes in my own experiences, my own mental attitudes and stuff. So I'm trying to hit all the three buttons, the prayer, the fasting, and the, the almsgiving. So good uh, for you. So you're, yeah. you're back to Advent. You're awake. Uh, but back to Advent. Watching, Advent. watchful. Uh, you're not phoning um, it in. You know, people, Jesus is always saying, stay awake. <laughs> stay watchful. What I say to one, I say to all, watch. And you're like, watch, what am I looking for? You know, you start looking around paranoid, incoming, you know. Right. And it's, you know, that means That's don't the phone prison it experience. in. Yeah. yeah. Be on your toes. Don't let it get away. Don't drift away. Stay focused. But, you know, this is the same message the good Notre Dame sisters were teaching in grammar school. Really. You know, they were good. They, they introduced us into the almsgiving. It sent us home during Lent with the rosaries. We would compete to see who can get the the rosary to bring home on, on the weekend. And the beads were, you know, they were half-pound beads. I mean, they came in a big jar. <laughs> and oh, yeah. to go home and say the rosary with the family. So Yeah, the giant uh, wall the rosary giant, kind of thing. Yeah. Everybody could hold on to the same rosary. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, that's good. Good for you. I like to read source material, like really get back to the, you know, which was what the whole Vatican II was about, going back to the foundations. And I was reading The Rule of St. Benedict, which is uh, a real snooze fest. I don't recommend The Rule as such. 
you need someone to unpack it. And there's a great book I came across, which is a commentary, like a biblical commentary, only it's on verse by verse, word by word. Oh, of wow, yeah. The rule of better. Yeah. And so this guy knows his stuff. And so he's, you know, his name is Cardin, Cardone. He's a Benedictine priest. An expert in this stuff, of course. And so he's going into, well, where did Benedict get this from? What was around? What was he looking at? You know, there were other monastic rules before Benedict. What's he leaving out? What's he putting in? What's this word mean? You know, a little subtle thing. But anyways, as I'm reading this, one of the things that gets pointed out to me is that during Lent, Benedict doubles the amount of spiritual reading monks are to do. Wow. Doubles it. Okay. Now, again, I've always been a fan of spiritual reading because as someone told me many years ago you know you bring your car into the mechanic and you say it won't work and so the mechanic if you're smart this would be your spiritual director in this analogy says so let me ask you a question before i tear it apart and charge your fortune are you putting gas in it (laughs) gas no what is this gas of which you speak this could be a problem, buckwheat. Here we go. Okay, so then they put the gas in, turn the key. Look, it runs. You got to put gas in it. No gas, no go. Well, the gas is spiritual reading. You know, it's like computers, garbage yeah. in, garbage out. Yeah. Well, nothing in, nothing out. If you never programmed a computer, it'd be a useless hunk of metal, you know, and yeah. plastic. So I've always remembered that. And it's like, you know, you feed your mind and, you know, just a little bit of reading and most of it because I had three kids and two jobs and went to school at the same time, and my wife was a nurse, and, you know, I didn't have time to go to the bathroom in peace, you know what I mean, at one point. And I got in the habit of reading before I went to bed, like 15 minutes, 20 minutes, like as I get in the bed, and then I would read for 20 minutes, and then I'd drift off thinking about kind of a little meditation on what I just read. That's how I got it in. You'd be amazed how many books you can read in a year, 15 minutes a night. It's unbelievable the amount over time, you know, it adds up. So I've been very big on spiritual reading. You don't have to sell me on it, even though I'm trying to sell you, because it is the gas that makes the car go. And so Benedict said double it. So I'm trying to pick up my pace and schedule some more of it in there. And of course, spiritual reading generally involves prayer too, you know, and contemplation and thinking it over and applying it. It's not just reading like you're in schools cramming for a test. And the word for that is Lexio Divina. Okay. If anyone wants to look that up, you can. That's on YouTube too. Put in like Lectio, L E C T I O, Divina, like divine, D I V I N A. And you know, you'll get videos on how they do it and all that stuff. But, anyways, give you a place to start. So, I've been doing that. So, I'm doubling up on my, I'm following Benedict. And then the other thing I'm doing is I'm trying to be more faithful to my, what you were talking about with that lady, to my time of meditation and contemplative prayer time. And uh, I'm trying to do two a day, 25 minutes in the morning, 25 minutes in the evening, which is what is generally recommended by any of these people. And of course, I'm lucky if I get one in most days, but it's like, (laughs) I'm making the time, you know what I mean? I'm like, nope, no, I'm going to get this in. So that's... Those are the two things I personally am working on that. And I'm trying to be, be more mindful, be more aware of God's presence, just using little prayers, little verses that I repeat, just in my head, walking yeah. around. Oh, the um, good nuts told us that. And this is essentially what you were talking about with that lady about contemplative yeah. prayer, is you pick one and you just, that's it. 
That's your poverty. That's your simplicity. That's what you bring to God. And you say, no, I'm not going to think all these fancy thoughts or do theology in my head or whatever. I'm going to just keep coming at you like with this one thing and let you respond to me and pack all of my love for God into this one poor little simple sentence. Because yeah. none of us can know God, even Aquinas, right? Thomas Aquinas, when he finished the Summa, the story <laughs> yes. is, he just said, what? You remember this story? I do, yeah. This you were not, taught by uh, the Dominicans. What yeah, did he say all, when he was done with the Summa? All of this amounts to nothing. Yeah, That's right. it's all nothing. It's all That's straw, like, he said at the end it, of the day, because <laughs> he was a mystic too. But anyway, yeah. so, but they didn't tell you, you know, that you just, the repetition, that it's, it's a little yep. thing to keep your mind focused on the reality of God, and you let God do the rest. And it works. So I'm trying to do that walking around and all that. So that's basically the program for Lent this year for me, because I am a hot mess. And, you know, these things really, the one thing about both spiritual reading and contemplative prayer is they really work on you from the inside out. Mm. You know, I can do, I, I can fast, I can do this, I can do that. You know, I can do certain things, but I need an overhaul, Tom. You know what I mean? You just need a little tweaking around the edges. But I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. man, I need someone to get under the hood and really, Bet only God's going to fix yeah. this. You know, I obviously have not been able to do it, so I'm leaving it up to him. But it's an inside job. So but, that's what we're, that's what I'm doing. You know, it, it was doing a lot of cooking for my, my wife's family. And I was in the kitchen the other day. And you know who came to mind is Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection. And I'm thinking of this guy who's got a bullet-wounded leg, sweating it out in the kitchen for day after day, cooking for a bunch of monks. The suffering that he must have gone through and how well, he found medicine, God. they had didn't they, yeah. back then in the 1500s yeah. in France? Yeah. Uh, nah, I don't think so. A little bullet wound in the leg? Come on. Leeches. Leeches. Antibiotics. Yeah. <laughs> Making three squares a day for 100 yeah. monks. I mean, he was His, running a restaurant. Yeah, and uh, humping the wood in for the stove. But, I mean, it was a labor of love. For it. That's where he found God, just in the ordinary. And I think that's a message for Lent itself is what we do day in and day out is the sacrificial aspect that takes out is an aspect of our life that takes on a sacrificial meaning when we start feeding him uh, the family because of love or shopping and doing the chores that aren't the best things to do since we're in a modern society we want to ditch these chores and automate them all you know that yeah but you gotta remember that the thing that brother lawrence did was not just do the job for the family he also did it in the presence of God. That's right. He, yeah. When he turned the omelet, he said, I'm turning this omelet only for yeah. you, Lord, for the, your greater honor and glory, because this is your will that I do. This kind of little, he would just chit-chat with God. Okay, yeah. God, let's go over and make the soup, whatever. <laughs> and he was always present to God, and God was present to him. And that's what turned the drudgery into a form yeah. of contemplative prayer. Instead of using that word we were talking about, he used the task it's in a, front yeah, of him. Right. And we have a good podcast on this too, don't we? It, yeah, we do. We do. Yeah, yeah. and you can check that yeah. out on Brother Lawrence, the resurrection there. Yeah. But, we did uh, that and went into detail on this. But that's another but form becomes, of contemplative prayer right? too that you're talking about. It, it becomes fine. It's almost like there's a, there is the presence with you. Like you're not alone when you're doing this and you're having that conversation inside your head. So. I found it to be pretty, I matter of fact, I remember chuckling like, yeah, okay, here's a throwback to the 1500s. They're still alive. That's part of our, our mystical experience. So these people. Yeah, well, you know, how much has the human brain changed in 500 years? It has. We're working the same hardware they had. You know what I mean? That's the thing. 
Just like when they talk about a lot of these practices, you know, you can find a similar practice to what we're talking about in Hinduism and all that's that stuff. right. And there was no contact. You know, Kashin didn't talk to Hindus. Yeah. Two thousand years <laughs> ago, when this stuff's in the Desert Fathers. But there's only so much you can do with this equipment that we're all working with. Wow, that's They're directed right. to God. And so, yeah. you know, they call it different things, but you look at it, well, what are you doing? And it's like, well, yeah, Cash and call it a formula. You call it a mantra. You're describing the same activity with the same equipment. So, yeah, yeah, still works. It does. Yeah. And it's all good. It brings us to a different place and vision in life. I think part of the kingdom that God talks about is having this vision to see things in a different, with a different mindset. The mind, having the mind of Christ, right? Yeah. So listen, what are you doing in the parish? Anything? Uh, well, we have for, a, for Lent? Uh, yeah, finally, we're coming together now post-COVID. And on March 2nd, they're coming up next a couple of weeks. We have a all-day presentation on the real presence of Christ in the Eucharist. So we're going to go through what Jesus said about the Eucharist, what the early church fathers said about the Eucharist. We're going to uh, play a couple of videos, one of which is the veil, which has a interpretation of what happens at the Mass. It's about a 15-minute video. And again, it's this whole idea that what we're taught is that during the Eucharist, the consecration, the saints are gathered around the altar. So there's an artistic rendering of this. Mm -hmm. We'll have a little presence there because it's the third year of the Eucharist, our Eucharistic revival. Oh, yeah, um, the Bishop's Project. Yeah. 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 Coming up on yeah, October. Eucharistic this year. revival. Yeah. yeah. All right. Are you doing the stations, Deacon? I'm doing the stations Friday night. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Me yeah, too. Doing the stations the That's, yeah. Yeah. I'm up for that. Yeah. Take a little walk with Jesus. Yeah. Sure. You're going to be preaching at all? This You got any? I've got, well, yeah, actually, on May, March 3rd. I got to be Me doing too. Some ah. Oh. Yeah. I'll have to compare same, notes. Same material. Oh, <laughs> yeah. wow. I got mine all written. How about you? I'm working on that. That's uh, <laughs> between yeah, cooking and I'm not going to tell you what yeah. I got. I'm not giving you the good stuff. Well, the Ten <laughs> Commandments. I mean, come on. So that's good. That's good. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm doing a Oh, yeah. You took over the money changers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, you went into yeah. the Because I sat there. I'll just give my starting point. I'm like, why are we reading this? I mean, this is the end. This is like Holy Week. You know, he goes into Jerusalem, cleanses the temple, and then they kill him. You know, like well, that's how you get the Holy Week. Why is Go. this in the third week of Lent? Why is this the gospel reading? I thought, this is interesting. And it's just, he went in and, you know, I think it's Mark. So, you know, it's very short and sweet. And he went in and he caused a stink and that was it, you know? And it's like, okay, what am I supposed to do with this? And so I just sat and prayed with that and thought about why would the church put this in the lectionary for this week? And I came up with something decent. So, good. Yeah. No, I know. And talk about, you know, Jesus cleansed God's temple. And I explained that. And the Messiah was supposed to do this and what that meant. And then I said, well, where is God's temple today? Oh, that's me. Yeah. Temple in Jerusalem yeah. still in ruins. <laughs> just like Jesus predicted. Never came back. 70 really. AD, yeah. the Romans tore it down. So we're not talking about that temple. You are the temple in all yeah. those readings. So I did a little something on that and saying, so this is what Lent is. You got to let Jesus yeah. in so he can clean it up. Yeah. Yeah. Clean up your temple. That's clean it. up that mess that we are. Because you're not going to clean it up. We've already established that. <laughs> <laughs> open the door. Your job is to open the door and let Jesus in. Well, I can't imagine any group of people being more upset than money people having their their lives turned upside down on a, a, a day like that. Like, really? All this money? Now, whose money oh, is that? Oh, I can. The religious people. Yeah. Oh, there's they, no yeah. one. There's no one. I mean, religious people are, you know, they're the toughest. Well, nuts they're to the crack. ego. That's right. That's they're worse true. than they're yeah. worse than the money yeah. people. 
Oh, you I come think in the money here people tell have me we're both. doing something wrong. Who do you think you are? Well, you know, oh yeah, no, we're never wrong. But then the you got to remember in the gospel, Jesus also cures a demon, casts out a demon. I mean, in the synagogue. That's true. It's like there's demons in synagogues, yes, and in churches too. You know, get yeah. a clue, connect a couple of dots. You know, so well, what is it's it like. Did? You know, we think, oh, it couldn't possibly. It's like, ooh, I don't know about that. I'm pretty sure. Was it that Teresa's Saint Teresa's image that she saw all the demons inside the church in the hill, and she looked down the village and said, "What? What's going on here? Here, the demons are inside the inside the church." Well, well, that makes good sense. If you're the enemy, where would you go? You go to the heart of the matter, right? Yeah. Well, you're going to get the people maybe you don't have. Yeah. Like, we got yeah. those guys in the village. I we got, got the got village. Them. That's right. That's right. These guys, you know, in here praying, I got to work on them. Yeah. Another thing I'm doing, is I'm kind of interested in, is I'm doing a little three-night thing on church history at the parish. Ah, that's good. I just want good, to give people good, good. enough yeah. information so that if they wanted to read up on certain periods of history, certain things that make us what we are, that they'd have enough of a background to know, oh, okay, yeah, you know, if they wanted to do a little something on yeah, on prayer or on practical stuff, but I mean, I'm trying to give them the overview and then, you know, point them to like, you know, there's books on this stuff. If you thought, well, you know, that part about the monks, you know, and all they did to build Europe and, and education, the universities, and blah, 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 blah. You know, that was really fascinating to me. Well, you know, there are books written on the Benedictines. I mean, yeah. they're actually hist history books by, you know, Yale professors or what have you. You know, you can actually go into the weeds on that if that's your interest. Or, you know, well, why was the church so standoffish with American, the American church and democracy? What was their problem with democracy? Well, you and I just read a good book on that too, about the French Revolution of Francis. That's right. Yes, and it shows, Very shows about all the because because yeah. democracy came with guillotines and all kinds of nasty stuff in Europe. So you could see why the church was like, oh, I don't know about this. You know, it wasn't just a nice, neat little revolution like we had over here. Correct. Correct. <laughs> so, yeah. But you know, you start to see why, and then you see the progression, and you get to Vatican too, and it's like, oh, okay, democracy's okay, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't so. have to be crazy, come to find out. Well, but, we had that yeah. trouble with science, too, for a while, yeah. Yeah, we do. Yeah. It's, it takes a while, you know? I mean, yeah, it really does. It takes a while for it to sink in. So, but they would be able to do that. So, doing an outline, overview, big picture thing for three nights, and then pointing to some things that might be interesting and letting them, you know, do what they want with it. But That's basically right. Have That's it, right. You know, we didn't just fall from the sky. You know, Jesus no. didn't speak Latin. Well, you know, stuff I, like that. You know, it's well, like, well, now, wait know. a minute now. Let's not get crazy. Yeah. But uh, no, that's, uh, you know, we have a 2,000 year tradition ourselves built on a 3,000 year Jewish tradition to a large extent. So there's plenty. I mean, you'll never go without reading material. Yeah. And then we also, once, once you get to, you know, certainly by the year 70, when with the destruction of Jerusalem, you certainly have a majority Gentile church. Yes. Well, then you're into the Greeks, and we, that's a 3,000 year tradition of Greek thinking yeah. that, and Roman law and practical abilities, because, you know, they got most of their stuff from the Greek, but they were very practical, very good organizers, lawgivers, and all that, legislators. So we have all, we have these multiple traditions that we draw on, and, you know, you can go. Get involved in any one of those you want, or get a little, pick up a little something. It's not like you got to be a brainiac. I mean, we don't want to give no. off the Tom and I are like PhDs here because <laughs> neither of us are. 
And if you could see this on tape, you wouldn't even have that question in your mind. Really? But you can, we can read. We encourage everyone to do that because it's just, there's so much that's in the, this stuff that is applicable to your life. You find that you find nuggets of gold that carry you down for the long haul, you know? So it's good stuff. Yeah. Now, I think our job is to promote the questions. Once you get the question, there's an awful lot of material out there that will bring you to understand whatever particular issue or trouble with the church is. You've got a complaint against the church. Why don't we read a little bit about it? Where did this come from? Why is there a problem? Why do we think, why are the people who don't think Pope Francis is Pope today? What's going on there? Like opting out is just a, a poor intellectual gambit, I think, you know, like, mm-hmm. well, it's too complicated. No, there's reasons. And I think once you crack it open, you'll come to find out, well, oh, maybe you have to revisit this. And, they might have and, a point or they might, you might say, no, they're crazy. That's right. You know? That's right. But, but at least you now know where's this thought process coming from. And you may say, well, this thought process is pretty weak. That's possible, or it could also be, gee, I was wrong. Yeah, This is a good point, you know, or things have changed. At the time when this rule was made, Right, we did it because of X, and you go, oh, yeah. Oh, and did it work? Oh, yeah, no, it really cleaned things up and made things great. Oh, yeah, not working now. Well, that's life, you know? I mean, like, stuff that worked for you when you were a 10-year-old boy is not working for a long time now, Tom. That, really? you got to shift yeah. gears. Really? And it's, oh, it's you're hard. breaking my heart it's, now. <laughs> yeah, and it's hard for something as big as the church to shift gears that uh, quickly. Sure. It's not a motorboat. It's a giant luxury liner or whatever. It's a big, big boat. takes a long time to turn around. A lot of people in there. It's not just me on my little speedboat zipping around. And so, you know. Every nation in the world. I mean, this is, we're the only yeah. universal place, right? Is yeah. we got to appeal to people, in, consider the people in Africa, in India. I mean, this is. Yeah, I can't imagine it's what big. it's like, really. Right? Right. Yep. So anyways, I'm looking forward to it because, you know, I'm a history Good. nut. So I'm As, looking forward to, to, you know, seeing the light bulb go on and some people hearing stuff and like, well, gee, you know, here's where the church basically saved the world like four times. Oh, you like reading? Hey, you're welcome. You like schools, hospitals? Yeah, no problem. Yeah. Of course, you know, today we're like, well, what can you do for me today? You <laughs> really? know, that was, you know, you built the civil, like, why is the Western world different than the rest of the world? Huh? Yeah. Why? Yeah. Because we're is so it? smart. We're much smarter than the Chinese. No. Uh, they had the gunpowder. They had the compass. They had the spaghetti had before the Marco brought it back. <laughs> and they were bathing. Chinese food day. is spaghetti. Yeah. So we're not smarter. We're not more moral. Well, why yeah. do we have human rights and women rights and science and all this stuff? Oh. Well, what is different? Let me think. What's different about us? Well, you know, we had that Jesus thing for 2,000 years beating us over the head because, you know, you go back and you see the terrible things we were involved in and no one even questioned it, you know. But again, all of a sudden, there's an awareness. The Western world is where slavery was ended, was not in Asia. It was not, you know what I mean? Like this, all the things we take for granted. And I think things that will happen in the future because of the influence of the church. But uh, we're still not done yet. No, no, not done, but, uh, you know, there's, there's no reason to abandon ship, and at least to appreciate, you know, and people don't yeah. know, like, yeah, we did that, yeah. Oh, you like sign language for the deaf? Yeah, where'd they get that from? Oh, the Trappist monks, you know, they didn't talk, they did, hey, you know. Oh, oh, that's what it was, yeah, the guy went down there, oh, really? Oh, yeah. You know oh, I mean? It's uh, like, yeah. there's all these little tidbits, it's like, well, what about women? You know, a hundred years ago, well, a hundred years ago, any woman who was a college president in the United States of America was a nun. 
Right. That's right, right, you know, right. The presidents of women's college that were not Catholic right. were men right. without exception. We did some good things. You know, it's not all bad, oh. but people don't know the stuff. So when you, you know, you point them some of the stuff and they find well, something. Good, well, yeah, sure. The Big Bang Theory was really promulgated by whom? Monsignor Lamartre or something? Lamartre. Lamartre, yeah. Priest, yeah. Catholic priest. Catholic had to convince, he, was, he had to go convince Einstein. Einstein didn't yeah. believe it till Lemaitre, I think I'm saying his name, yeah. came, came over and showed it to him. It's, and you still have people yeah. saying, well, the church is against science. Well, not my church. I don't know what yeah. church you're talking about. We kind of invented it. You know, Roger Bacon was a monk, you know, the father of genetics. You know I mean? You yeah. go down the list. I mean, you, yeah, they had a problem with Galileo and Copernicus, and I'm not, and I mean, they were wrong, but it's not like. We shocked. had a problem with everything yeah. all the yeah. time or whatever, you know? Yeah. So. No, a lot of good yeah. stuff. A lot of good stuff. Like, yeah. good. hopefully your parish will keep coming back with the next lesson in history because you could take each of the time periods and just... Oh, yeah. No, I'm not going into detail like that. Yeah. Yeah. Only a couple nights. Yeah. But you could. But again, these are all things you can do during Lent. I mean, you yeah. could read a church history book. The, you know, there's a one-volume books. I mean, go on Amazon and put in the history of the Catholic Church. One volume, and you could get a, a book that'll yeah. take you through the major things and give, give you the, the players part. and give you the pictures. And, you know, yeah. here's basically what it was. And then you can, from there, delve into the weeds on something that might interest you. But at least you'd have yeah. an idea of, well, yeah. who are we and how do we get from there to here? And that would be a wonderful thing to do for Lent. And it's uh, not it all could... give up candy, I guess is what I'm saying. It's not. <laughs> You know, you're no, not it's six. Uh, I'm giving up candy, really, uh, really. Yeah, except on Sundays, because Sundays you don't. Oh uh, no, Sundays yeah. is every Sunday's an Easter. There is no fasting on Sunday. Right. It's a feast day. Uh, so that is you correct. can have your Guinness and your. Uh, oh, that's bar. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, how we mend the law, right? Well, there's the part of the first reading next Sunday, or the Sunday after, the third Sunday of Lent. We couldn't keep the first law in the Garden of Eden. Don't eat from the tree. We blew that up. One, <laughs> you had one rule. <laughs> had one, rule. one job. Here's 10. What are you going to do with 10? Well, Tom, thank you for sharing yeah. your thoughts on Lent. Thank you, Dennis. Well, good conversation. Anyways. And hopefully we'll enlighten someone to encourage. That's what our job is, to encourage people to that metanoia, just do something different. To look within and right. find God working in our Get lives. Get out of your and, comfort zone. Yeah, That's right, exactly. And if you don't know what you should work on, ask your spouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ask your roommate. <laughs> <laughs> they probably got a suggestion yeah, or two. So true. So yeah. true. Yeah. But read, yeah. think, pray. Yeah. Get to know God. You and know? listen. Yeah, listen. Set right. up your, yeah. uh, your action plan for the poor this year. Yeah. Oh, this you know, <laughs> everybody's running away from something, environment, uh, yeah. war, famine, yeah. gangs. Yeah, we've had So it's funny people, stuff, you can go back through the uh, podcasts and find our guests who will suggest all kinds of things, you know, in their various areas that you could listen to and go, oh, you know, maybe that's something I should do. That's another thing they can do for Lent, Tom. I got that's it. Right. But, I mean, it took us an hour to get here, <laughs> but by God, I got it. All right, listeners, for Lent. Listen to all the Deacon's Pod podcasts. Oh, dear God. We're talking <laughs> That's about- That's your penance for Lent. There you go. <laughs> oh, no, but yeah. If you ask, the good Lord will tell you what leads you in the right yeah. direction, where yes. he wants your heart to, to right. pay attention. So I'm a firm believer in that. So, well, Tom, I wish you a good Lent. Yes. And, and uh, you also, Dennis? Yep. Thank you. We both and- need it. God and knows. for the rest of our brothers who are busy be doing God's work today. And, That's right. Uh, yeah. So pray yeah. for the Paulist Deacon 
affiliates, please. We're all out there working and trying to make a contribution. So unfortunately today, all you got was frickin' frack. But, you know, they can't all be gems. <laughs> Cheech and Chorin. Yeah, there you I are. know. Good, good. So listen, all right, happy all. Lent, hey, everybody. Thank you, Dennis. Yeah, thank you, listeners. Special thanks to El Jefe, Paul Snatchko, and our editor, David Dalt. The Deacon's Pod is powered by the Paulus Fathers. You can find us anywhere you get your podcasts and, of course, at our own website, www.deaconspod.com. That's D-E-A-C-O-N-S with an S, Deacons, plural, pod, all one word, dot com. And, of course, we'd love to hear your comments at our email address, which is deaconspod, again, with an S, deacons, at paulist.org. That's P-A-U-L-I-S-T dot org. Love to hear from you. That's our offering. We thank you for being with us. On behalf of our colleagues at the Missionary Society of St. Paul the Apostle, we wish you a future brighter than any past. Till next time.